This is the Fifth Quarter Podcast on AM 900 CHML. Hello, football fans in Hamilton from coast to coast and around the world. This is the fifth quarter brought to you by Wizens Law on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin here. Uh, We have a barn burner of a football game that is wrapping up, and I'm being a tad facetious because the first half tonight was absolutely atrocious, unwatchable, and I was feeling sorry for Ticats fans who had made the trip to Montreal, but it turns out it is a uh, more than a happy ending for the Hamilton Tiger Cats as they are well on their way to beating the Owls 31-7 to in Montreal. We're going to take your calls, your emails, read your tweets. We will uh, nominate a uh, player of the game for our fifth quarter tonight. And when all is said and done, just before midnight, we will anoint our fifth quarter fan of the night. But to be included in that, you have to call or tweet or email, and uh, we will uh, name that fifth quarter fan of the night later on tonight. Well, Erskine, our producer tonight, a big hello to him. And uh, when you do call in, say hello as well. All right, let's uh, run down the scoring summary. There is, uh, what, 43 seconds left in this ballgame. It is 31-7 time. Cats, but looks like the scoring is all wrapped up. It was a slow first half and a really slow first quarter. Um, Ticats could have really pounced on the uh, Alouettes quickly, but an offside penalty on Quinton Pointer negated an interception by a fellow rookie cornerback Travis Lee, and that was deep in Montreal territory, but it uh, did not count as the penalty negated the turnover. The drive continued. Uh, there was a big pass from Rakeem Cato to Duran Carter, which led to a Boris Beatty 42-yard field goal, made it 3 nothing for the Montreal Alouettes. That was the only scoring in the first quarter, 3-zip for Montreal. Simone Lawrence did have a forced fumble in that opening quarter, and Pointer did uh, recover from his um, flub on the penalty as he recovered the fumble. Ticats, though, could not turn that into any points. Um, the Ticats' offense was struggling so bad in the early going that at one point early in the second quarter, they had more punts. They had four more punts than completion. They had two completions, four punts early on in the second quarter. That's how slow it was for the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, beginning this game. Not to say that Montreal was any better because they weren't. By the way, it is now a final in Montreal, 31-7. to The Ticats beat up on the Montreal Alouettes. So Hamilton now 2-2 two and two on the season. They avoid a three-game losing streak. The Owls fall to 1-2. and two, And man, oh man, they're in a world of hurt, especially at the quarterback position. All right, more of the scoring summary. So 3-0 Montreal after the first quarter. Boris Beatty added to Montreal's lead with a missed field goal. He was wide left on a 43-yard attempt. 4-0 for the Alouettes. Things looked to be going from bad to worse for the Ticats when Javon Johnson picked off Jeremiah Masoli at the Montreal 35, but uh, it actually turned into some points for the Tiger Cats because Boris Beatty, a few minutes later, had to concede a safety. It was 4-2 Montreal, and lo and behold, before the first half ended, Brett Maher connected on a 56-yard field goal, a career long with no time left, on the clock to give the Tiger Cats a 5-4 advantage um, going into the half. Each team had three sacks apiece in the first half. It was a uh, 
30 minutes of football that was absolutely dominated by the defenses, although I will say the offenses were pretty bad as well. Third quarter we go. And there was a very interesting play involving John Chick, who we all thought had an interception, but then fumbled it, and it was ruled incomplete. Then it was the Brandon Banks show. Is this guy not amazing? An 86-yard punt return for a touchdown to give the Tiger Cats a 12-4 lead, and they were off to the races. Yeah, Boris Beatty, about six minutes later, connected on a 36-yard field goal, his second of the night to make it 12-7 for the Tiger Cats. But after an Adrian Tracy forced fumble and a Larry Dean fumble recovery, the Tiger Cats rumble down the field, culminating in a nine-yard touchdown run by C.J. Gable, his first on the season, 19-7 for the Tiger Cats going into the fourth quarter. And uh, then it was the uh, Brett Maher show. Field goals from 40, 10, 41, and 43 yards. That was all the scoring in the fourth quarter. Tie Cats 31, Alouettes 7. So the Cats now 2-2 two and two on the year. Montreal is now 1-2. and two. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at Rick Samprin or at am900chml. couple things. Obviously, we're going to talk about tonight's game. What do you think about the Ticats offense, defense, special teams, anything you want to talk about? We'll uh, name our player of the game with your votes. And at the end of the night, the fifth quarter fan of the night will be named. All right, let's go to the phones. Fran, uh, Frank, pardon me, is first off the hop. Frank, how are you? No, it's not Fran. Oh, who's this? <laughs> how you doing? What? Good, how are you? Good. Uh, like I said, I was talking to your uh, the guy that answered the phone. Like, I was a little nervous there at halftime. Yeah. Like, wow. What it was 5-4. to four. Yeah. Like, what a stinker. But uh, I saw one in the 70s, like I said to you before, 5-1, to one, Edmonton won here. But then, uh, hey, like you said, uh, Mr. Banks, outstanding. But I have to say, like, all kudos to him. Um, that turned the whole game around. But uh, the Hamilton defense, like, uh, I know they didn't have all their weapons. But, you know, they those guys just stood up. Like, we needed that win so bad. And we got it, 2-2. Two and two, And uh, I was actually an Argo fan the other night. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Ottawa's looking pretty good. We we need those guys to slow down a bit. Well, I think they get uh, Ottawa. I don't know. I I got a funny feeling about them. I think they're going to fall flat in their faces because they they get all the bounces. They get it seems that way, and it's like everything goes Ottawa's way. It's like okay, like how long is this going to go on? You know. Well, I mean, it, it, things weren't going their way in year one. Uh, let's not forget there were two. Two and sixteen, or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, they weren't very good, but they've they've greatly improved their roster over the last oh, couple of seasons. Yeah, certainly. Who's With, well? The loss of Ellingson from here, like it's like, but that's another one of my points. Is I think Fantuz had one catch, did he? Yes. Okay. Like, and in all in all fairness, they didn't throw him the ball a lot at all tonight. I think he was targeted once, maybe twice. Yeah, you know, you, you got to get the ball to your to your targets. I yeah, mean, like. And running the ball was better. I mean, in the second half, anyway. Yeah. I mean, you, you gotta you gotta use that clock. You get you can't just pass, pass, pass. It's like 
But anyway, uh, Frank, who's who's your uh, player of the game? Um, like I said, all all respect to Mr. Banks. Uh, thank you again, sir. But uh, <laughs> I have to give it to uh, the Hamilton defense. I mean, okay. e- even without their weapons, I mean, that's the way it goes. Sounds good. Thanks for the call, Frank. All right, take all right. care. Nine zero five six four five three two two one star nine nine hundred on your smartphone. You can email rick at 900chml.com. We're going to be live until midnight tonight on the fifth quarter here on Hamilton's News Talk Leader. Brad has called into the show. Brad, how are you? Hey, Rick. How are you doing this week? I'm good. How are you? I'm better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. A lot better. Boy, I tell you, I, I got to love our defense. I really, really do. You know, those guys, they, they really pull it out uh, when we really need it. And uh, week after week, they, they make big plays. Yeah, they were dominating tonight. Yeah, no, I well, hey, Mahar had a great, you know, five for five tonight. Yep, and that huge fifty-six yarder, unbelievable, uh, career long. Yeah, I was I was shocked that Austin said, "Yeah, go for it, go ahead." <laughs> Even after the penalty, it's like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, well, this might be a little bit of a mistake, but uh, yeah, Mahar came through. Yeah, he has shown to be a very dependable kicker, and he, he he's a yeah, solid guy you know, as well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, like, you know, we don't even miss that other guy anymore. <laughs> who, who was that? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. He moved out west somewhere. And he's not doing, uh, he's not going gangbusters either. No, he's not. Uh, I mean, come on. He, when he was here with us, playing against us, he missed in, in a place he played for an entire year. Yeah. You know, you got to wonder, eh? You know, and of course, everybody loves Speedy, 86 yards, you know, on that punt return, just beautiful. He's incredible. Yeah, Masoli um, though. I mean, he, again, he, he just—he was so-so tonight. Yeah, I'd you know, say I'd say below so-so. I think I think below average again. It, well, I kind of liken it to watching a coin flip. It's head tail, head and tail. To watching so a what? He, he didn't know what was going to come up. Yeah. What, what did you say? You likened to watching? It's like it's like watching a coin flip. Oh, I see. Okay. You know, you just—you don't know. You watch it in anticipation to hope it comes up when you call. <laughs> you know, uh, just. He just, I don't know, uh, and he just totally seemed lost at times. Yeah, you know, like, you know we we're, we continue to see overthrows and underthrows and missed targets. Uh, yeah, well, even when he walked off the field, he'd been looking around like, uh, oh, oh it's, it, do we have to get off the field now? Yeah. You know, he just unbelievable stuff uh, with him. Gable, great night. He's, that's the best night he's had in a long time. Very much so. You know, and uh, unfortunately, you know, Filer there, uh, that bit of an injury, I hope it's not as bad as it looked. But boy, when he came out that field, he was a heck of a lot of pain. Yeah, that screamed to me, high ankle sprain, which, and that that's that's several weeks, and I hope it's yeah. not that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, but again, penalties, this, this, unfortunately, it wasn't us this week. You know, it, it killed uh, Montreal, you know, was it 13 penalties for them, 130 some odd yards or yeah. something? It was just, uh, Unbelievable, but you know the cats kept putting the pressure on Cato. Had, uh, what eight sacks on the night, uh, three turnovers. I mean, just uh, you know that's what. Uh, and the other thing you guys were talking about was uh, you know this bucks the trend again with this being the 14th road win this season. I know it's incredible. I mean, what is with that? I've never seen anything like it, especially the start of the year. Well, yeah, um, it's unbelievable. I mean, you just. It's like, okay, we can't win at home. Hey, we're going on the road. Great news. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I don't know what Montreal was thinking late in the game with the, you know, playing three down ball so early. I mean, with five minutes to go, that was 
you know, you just begging for embarrassment. Yeah, well, I think, you know, when they when they pulled Cato out, they thought, okay, this this game's done. we got to get Adams in there. And I, I yeah. thought they were going to put Bridge in, too, but, uh, you know, yeah, or yeah. before Adams. But, uh, yeah. That's, uh, you know, Montreal, as I said off the top, in a world of hurt at the quarterback position without Kevin Glenn, because those three guys are really wild cards. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Kevin Glenn, pink guy? I mean, hey, you know, how, what's the odds of that, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hey, who's you your uh, so who's your player of the game tonight? You know what? i got to go with Adrian Tracy. Man, he was an absolute beast tonight. He, he had, was. Uh, a strip, uh, you know, a couple of sacks, and he was just, you know, it seemed like every tackle he was there. He had 11 tackles tonight. Yeah, it's amazing that he was just—he was really like you know proving he wants that job and he's he's there for a reason. So yeah, you know I want to vote twice for Adrian Tracy. <laughs> you know, like just he—he he was he was awesome. So he, it was like two of them out there sometimes. Nice. Thanks for the call, Brad. He, he had a he had a week like Simone had in week one. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, so. Have a good okay, weekend. Rick, we'll talk to you next week. All right, take care. Good call by Brad here, 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. Who's your player of the game? We'll name our fifth quarter fan of the night as well. Uh, Stephen from Penticton, B.C., emailing, as he always does here on the fifth quarter. We greatly appreciate that. Well, we all knew it was going to be a defensive slugfest, and it was for the first half. But we have to give a lot of credit to the coaching staff for halftime adjustments. Cats D came out in the second half and dominated the rest of this game. Lost count of the sacks for Hamilton, eight, I believe. I would love to give the player of the game to Speedy B, as that is now two returns for TDs in the last two games. But I have to give it to Adrian Tracy, a monster night. Tip of the hat to the whole defense. Never easy going into Montreal for any team. Great team win. Again, from Stephen from Penticton, B.C. Let's go back to the phones, and Alex is on the line. Alex, good evening. Hey, Rick. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm really happy. You know, last week I was sad, and the week before that I was yep. really upset with that loss to BC. But just a couple things to mention. Uh, I agree with Frank, the first caller. You know, losing Ellingston was such a big loss. And, you know, it would be nice to have him back because he's such a tall receiver, and you see what he's doing in Ottawa. You know, it would be nice to have him back. Yeah, good player. Um, the other thing, um, great job by the defense today they really showed that they can work together and they were blitzing Cato they were stopping him you know I didn't really see much running from Montreal where they were getting 10 yards plus right which was really good and uh Speedy B what a beautiful run (laughs) to everyone for the last couple of weeks that he needs to stop running to the sides but today he ran up the middle untouched and which was beautiful yeah, that that was and, the thing of beauty. Um, Once he turned on the Jets, it was done. Oh, yeah. I even lost track of the sacks, too, because, you know, John Chick, Adrian Tracy, everyone was unstoppable, and that last sack at the end by Pointer was phenomenal. Well, I'm counting. I just went through the list. I counted eight sacks. Tracy wow. and Chick each had two. Laurent had one. Simone had one. Uh, Nevis had one. And Pointer, as you mentioned, had one at the end. That's amazing. That's pretty um, darn good. Hopefully they can keep this winning streak going. So they started here today, and they can continue it and maybe win a great cup. Well, hey, that's the goal, eh? Yeah, it is the goal. Next week it'll be a little tougher, though. They go into Edmonton. That's a tough place to play, and they're pretty good. Well, they're the defending yeah, champs, know, too. But let's see what's going to happen. That's right. You think uh, Zach's going to play in that game? Uh, my player of the game has to be Adrian Tracy. Okay. 
Uh, I was uh, I was asking you, do you think Zach Kalaros is going to play in next week's game against Edmonton? Oh, yeah, I think he will. And, you know, I remember hearing something that the um, staff gave him the green card to play. It's just that he wasn't safe to play because he doesn't want to get hurt even more. Hmm. Okay. Well, I heard a different story. He said he was a full go, uh, and this was a couple days ago, full go 20 days ago, so probably about 25 days ago. So it sounded to me like the team wanted to hold him back maybe one more week. Huh. Well, so we'll see. Hopefully we can get him back because it'd be good to see him get some more reps and use all the receivers, not just one like Tasker or Owens, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, well, we'll see him sooner rather than later, that's for sure. Alex, thanks for the call tonight. No problem, Rick. All right, fifth quarter will continue when we come back. Don't forget, you can call 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. Rick at 900chml.com. We have a number of emails coming in. We'll get to all of those. You can tweet us as well, at Rick Samprin, at am900chml. Send us a note. Send us your vote for player of the game. We'll also name our fifth quarter fan of the night when all is said and done. We're live until midnight tonight. More of the fifth quarter when we come back here on am900chml. Hey, welcome back. This is the fifth quarter on Hamilton's News Talk Leader, AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Will Erskine producing on the other side of the glass. A 31-7 Tiger Cats victory over the Montreal Alouettes tonight. They started slow. In fact, both teams started very slow. It was excruciating. But uh, the Ticats really put the pedal to the metal. And I think the turning point was the Brandon Banks 86-yard punt return for a touchdown. It came early on in the third, gave the Ticats a 12-4 lead. And really, Montreal had no answer for Hamilton's defense, especially with backup Rakeem Cato starting and uh, a number of other quarterbacks, uh, namely Vernon Adams, uh, getting his first uh, CFL uh, look here early on. But um, Ticats really defensively were unbelievable tonight. Uh, Manny tweets in, 2-2 two two without Caleros, an even bigger 2-0 in division play. Hashtag Oshkiwiwi. Hope Filer is okay. Lots to improve but big win, and that's a good point. There is a lot of things that the Ticats can approve upon after this win tonight because it was not perfect. Actually, it was far from a perfect outing tonight in Montreal despite the scoreline. When you look at the scoreboard 31-7, to you think, wow. If you didn't watch the game, you thought, wow, the Ticats really dominated this game. And really defensively, they did. Montreal really didn't do anything offensively in this football game. You know, a couple of field goals and a missed field goal, and that was it. So kudos to the Ticats' defense. Offensively, though, there's still a lot of things to work on with this Ticats' offense. And will it be closer to perfect when Zach Caleros returns, whether that's next week against Edmonton or in a few weeks' time um, in uh, later on in uh, July or early August? I guess we'll find out when he does come back. Uh, Scott on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, tweets, uh, took too long to wake up. But kudos to the D-line and Speedy B, player of the game, Adrian Tracy. Sarah on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, my three stars, Tracy, but Jeremiah Masoli has stepped up, and it was great seeing C.J. Gable in the end zone. So if I'm kind of reading between the lines there on Sarah's three stars, she has Jeremiah Masoli as a star, and I'm not sure I would agree with her on that. I'd certainly put Adrian Tracy in there. And, yeah, probably even C.J. Gable. He had a solid game tonight, 17 carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown. But certainly uh, the third star in there has got to be Brandon Banks. That 86-yard punt return for a touchdown was all that in a bag of chips. I mean, that was really the turning point, as I said, of this football game. He had one kick return, by the way, for 28 yards. Didn't do anything offensively in terms of receiving or running the football. 
but that was a big play for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Claudio Speedy, the spark for the team when the game was still in limbo. From then on, we started rolling. Awesome game, boys. A tweet from Sam and uh, Jen tweets in, First half did not look great, but great second half. Tracy is my player of the game. Jake, also on Twitter, eight sacks. Who snuck Joe Montford into a jersey? <laughs> oh, no, Big Joe wasn't on the field, but uh, certainly Adrian Tracy and John Chick, each with two sacks apiece and uh, four more from a bunch of his teammates. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email rick at 900chml.com on Twitter at am900chml at Rick Samprin. We're talking here on the fifth quarter about the Ticats 31-7 victory over the Montreal Alouettes. The Cats avoid a three-game slide as they are now 2-2 two and two on the season. Montreal alone now in the basement of the CFL East at 1-2. and two. Let's go to the email. Randy writes, Hi Rick, a nice and slow developing Cats win. Well, <laughs> That is really sugarcoating it, isn't it, Randy? Uh, It was a concern when it took so long to get the offense moving. The defense was doing its job. Big D, eight sacks. A class act to play the France national anthem before the game. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, Randy goes on to write, Good performance by Adrian Tracy. He's my player of the game. Great defensive job. I hope Mike Filer is okay. Looks like a bad foot injury. What can you say about Speedy B? He was not out there much in the first quarter, but as usual, he was money on the return. Good game for Brett Maher. Impressive 56-yarder. I almost jumped to the ceiling on that one. C.J. Gable, some quality production in the field. The Cats just have to move that offense and score early. We need to get the offense moving next week in Edmonton. Toronto must lose. The fan base here in T- or there in T.O. is still hurting. Here's to another great fifth quarter. Thanks, Rick. Touchdown, Cats. Oski Wiwi. Yeah, talk about a hurting Toronto unit. When 12,000 fans show up at BMO Field. Now, I understand it was a midweek ball game. I get it. Those are a tough sell, especially in T.O. But 12,000? Yeesh. Argos, by the way, one of those teams that are winless at home at 0-2. Ticats are in that boat as well. So is Winnipeg, also 0-2. There are a bunch of teams that are still looking for their first win at home. Saskatchewan, Ottawa's in there. They tied their lone home game. Montreal now 0-2 at home. It's been a strange start to the CFL season in terms of home and away. What gives? Let's go to the phones at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Robert's on the line. Good evening. How are you? Pretty good, Rick. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, just a couple questions. Um, it's hard to get frustrated when you, you win, but we yeah. didn't play very well. True. But um, after the first half, when they were just kind of teeing off on Mazzoli there, they finally threw a screen pass. And it just, I get so frustrated when we don't have a running game and we don't use the screen pass. Once we got the screen pass and Gable got those, what was it, 15 yards or whatever, it slowed their rush down. Yep. And then we were able to run the ball, and it gave more time in the pocket to throw the ball down the field. Yes. I think I I know what you're going to ask. Pardon? I think I know what you're going to ask. Why don't we do more screen passes? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know I understand why we don't use the screen pass more. You got Gable, and you know you can use Banks out of the backfield, and you can use Owens out of the screen passes. They got speed to burn, and I just I get so frustrated. If we're not going to run the ball, then you know you got to slow the rush down somehow. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and a, and a screen pass is a great way to do that. And you mentioned C.J. Gable's screen pass. That, that that went for 29 yards. He had four catches tonight for 37 yards. 29 of those 37 were on that screen pass. That's how effective well, you, it is. You got but the, the, the pass, and then we were running the ball a couple more times, and then he got in the end zone and a running. Yeah. The fact of the matter is you, you can't go to the screen pass too often. It's almost a it's almost a play that's you know set up in of itself. It's, it's going to set up a run. It's going to, as you said, keep the defense at bay. But you can't run it a lot because defenders will get smart to it pretty quick. So it's not something you want to show all the time. It's kind of like a lost play. I mean, it's something that... Oh, sure. Just like the zone read. It, it, was, um, it was a play that was used years ago, and we're so busy trying to throw the ball like, down the field and like, 20, 25, 30 yards and yep. get the big play instead of nickel-diamond teams to move the ball down the field. And we got players that can nickel-dime teams all the way down the field. And it takes clock, uh, time off the clock, too. The nickel dime thing too, and I get what you're saying. That does not fit into Jeremiah Masoli's game because he's just too inconsistent. So he might complete three out of five, and they'll get a couple of first downs. But you know, halfway down the field, he's not consistent enough to continue to nickel and dime the opposition. Yeah, because they get kind of impatient. They start deciding, okay, we we kind of moved them down, we slowed the rush down, so now let's try and throw the ball down the field again. Instead, of just keep going with what's done. You know, it's like the old saying, you know, keep keep using it until they stop you, right? Exactly. Yeah, if it works, keep going to the well. That's right. I mean, I don't understand why we don't do it more often. I mean, I mean, it just opened up the, whole, the game so much more. I mean, Gable came, became, all of a sudden he was uh, uh, successful doing what he wanted to do, and so I just, I, I, I get so frustrated. And then on, on the return by Banks, mm-hmm. I, I think it was the gentleman that called before me, Yeah. um, he started to go wide again, and I, I started to kind of get swear at the TV. And I'm going like, <laughs> where are you going? Yeah. Where are you going? I mean, go north and south, and then all of a sudden he just cut on a diamond. <laughs> he heard you. He broke it right up the middle, and I'm going like, no, why don't you do that more often? Robert, he heard you. He's like, hey, Robert just told me to go upfield. I better do it. Well, yeah, like, I mean, I just I get so frustrated with him. He drives me crazy, and then when you score, you, you're so happy right for him, <laughs> and then it's like, Man, you want to pull your hair out with the yeah. guy sometimes, you know? Well, I think his first punt return of the game, uh, he must have lost maybe 10 or 11 yards because he was trying to go uh, east-west, and uh, he just got cut off and, and, and ended up losing about 10 yards or so. And yeah. th- those are the types of returns you think, what are you doing? Just fall forward and, you know, you're, you're gaining a couple of yards. Well, I'm, I'm the belief that you, you, you try and get what you can, right? Yeah. And if you get the good blocking and you find the hole, then you break through and then you're, you're gone, right? But he, he, sometimes he, he forgets that. He thinks he's the fastest guy in the field. And well, he is. And I think, you know, I, think I, I like his mindset that, you know, any punt return, any kickoff return, I'm taking this back for a score. So I like that. I like that he's, that thought process is in there. There's no doubt about that. That's what he's thinking. The fact of the matter is, you know, he's only going to do that about 2 or 3% of the time. Yeah, but, but even like last night's game, uh, Tristan Jackson. I mean, his his return for a touchdown. He was he went north and south. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't understand these guys sometimes. You know, I mean, the CFL is made for them, and they still think they can outrun people. And yeah, and, and the one thing to remember too, uh, you know, we don't know the blocking scheme at uh, you know, on a particular punt return. It's it's yeah, not I as guess, easy as I guys guess, just but... running back, right? So yeah, we have to keep that in mind as well. So what you're saying, I should be getting mad at Reinbold. Uh, Reinbold? <laughs> offensive court. No, it's not necessarily his fault either. I mean, if he call if he calls, uh, you know, a punt return. Coordinator. Yeah, <laughs> it, it might be some of the guys who aren't blocking uh, or, or just getting beat on their blocks. I mean, that, yeah, that, I that, guess that uh, that yeah, happens as well. So. Hey, Robert, who's your uh, fifth quarter uh, fan of the or uh, player oh, of the game it's, tonight? It's got to be the whole defensive line. I mean, they just there were lights out. 
and we just got to keep playing like that until Zach gets back. And and I, I and personally, I don't think you're going to see Zach until after the break. I, I mean, I, if I was the coach, I wouldn't play him against Edmonton. I mean, I just, because we get a bye after that, so mm-hmm. it gives them time to get work the timing with the the first string core. Uh, wide receivers and stuff. So. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting because Zach is back at practice now. He's off the six-game injury list. It'll be interesting to see, you know, yeah, how yeah, his... I, like, I mean, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't play him again so Dello. Yeah, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see if his practice uh, intensifies this week because, you know, last week he was pretty much on his own, just kind of throwing balls to, to a, yep. a couple of receivers. Oh, yeah. and, if, and if he's, you know, in on Skelly or some of the, you know, the team exercises, that uh, that uh, to me is an indication that he's going to get the, the starting job. That's right, yeah. Anyways, thanks for the call, Robert. Enjoy the rest of the night and your weekend you as well. Too, sir. Have a good weekend. You thanks. too. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. You can email your thoughts on tonight's 31-7 Ticats victory in Montreal to rick at 900chml.com. After losing 18 games in a row in Montreal, the Ticats have now won two in a row. How crazy is that? Your thoughts can also be tweeted at AM900CHML, at Rick Samprin, use the hashtag fifth quarter. Email from Anthony Rick. So last week, when we had a chance to win the game versus Winnipeg, I was about to email and say, sometimes you got to win the ugly ones. As I started watching tonight, I was thinking the exact same thing. But as the third quarter rolled along, we got our stuff together. Players of the game, Maher, Gable, Banks, and Dean... Be well, my friend, Anthony. Four votes? Come on, man. Okay. Because the Ticats won tonight, I'm going to write down each one. Maher, Gable, Banks, and Larry Dean with his first vote, I think, of the season. He had a pretty strong game tonight. Nearly had an interception as well. He did have a fumble recovery. So I'm going to give Anthony four votes. Is that okay, guys? If you want to call in, if you want to email, tweet a few other votes, you can as well. We will name our fifth quarter player of the game. Uh, When all is said and done just before midnight tonight, we'll also name our fifth quarter fan of the night as well. Call in and join in on the phone, 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. More tweets and emails and calls coming up, some stats as well. This is the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back, Ticats 31, Alouettes 7. Rick Samprin here, we'll skin on the other side of the glass. We're live until midnight tonight on the fifth quarter. Brought to you by Wizens Law on Hamilton's News Talk Leader. A couple of other tweets coming in. Mark tweeting at Rick Samprin, keep Caleros away from Edmonton. Twice been hurt against them. That's very true. So he suffered the ACL injury last September and then two seasons ago, you'll recall very early on in the season, I think it was game two, in Edmonton uh, that late hit by Odell Willis concussed Zach Caleros and he missed um, several games and uh, the Ticats didn't do too well when he was out again. But um, uh, that could be a, b- a good point. Although, uh, I'll mark it down as coincidence. If, if it would have happened again, then I would say there's something going on there. A tweet from Corey. I'm surprised Masoli didn't throw to fan twos a bit more when he was struggling early. Good chemistry the last couple of games. Corey also nominating Brandon Banks for his player of the game. Tane nominating Brett Maher. Medlock who? And uh, Philip. On Twitter, at AM900CHML, gotta be SpeedyBanks87. That's his Twitter handle, at SpeedyBanks87. Check him out on Twitter. Uh, One more from Scott Rust. Uh, What did you think of Montreal's coaching trying to challenge calls that went... uh, weren't there and taking two delay-of-game penalties? And I I responded to him, absolutely hilarious. I'm not sure what Jim Pop and the boys were seeing on the video review. So basically... 
as you all know, I mean, you watch the games, uh, you you know how this works. A play happens, whether it's controversial or not. If it's a uh, you know a play that a coach thinks can turn the momentum around or or uh, you know give them an advantage, they're going to challenge the play. And before doing so, they want to see a little bit of proof. So they'll get word from upstairs. The guys in the booth, whether it's offensive or defensive coordinators, looking at the replay on the TV, and they'll, you know, call down to the coach, say, "Yeah, yeah, coach, we gotta, we gotta challenge this. This is gonna go our way. This is a for sure thing." And twice they decided to do so, took delay of game penalties, and the penalty and, and and the calls didn't go their way. So I'm not, I'm not sure what they were seeing. I think, frankly, they were grasping at straws. So who knows? 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email rick at 900chml.com. Still lots of emails to get to. We'll get to all of them before our fifth quarter runs out of time at midnight tonight. Uh, at am900chml, at Rick Samprin as well. Don't forget, after the game, or after the fifth quarter, if you missed any of the show, or if you want to say uh, to your friends, hey, you got to check out this program, uh, go to iTunes, download the a fifth quarter podcast. You can check it out on the uh, fifth quarter page as well at 900chml.com. Back to the phones. Darcy is on the line. Good evening, Darcy. Hello, Rick. How are you? Hello, hello. Uh, not too bad. How are you? I'm good. Uh, yeah, great, great, uh, great show as always. Rick. Thanks, thanks. Uh, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say about the Alouettes coaching staff grasping uh, that straws. Yeah. What do you think is happening there? What's that? I said, what do you think's happening there? there I, I, to me, it was just screaming of desperation. Yeah, I think they're just a desperate team. And um, I don't know how many coaches. I think they got the biggest coaching staff in the league. They got, like, uh, I don't know how many coaches. But uh, anyway, uh, with, with regards to our um, offense, I, I just think we've got to use uh, Mazzoli more, not as a pocket passer, but as, as like he's a zone read and uh, use Gable more. I don't know what the stats were on Gable tonight, but next week against Edmonton, it's a pretty good team. I think you've got to use Gable more. Yeah. Well, I'll give you I'll give you the stats on C.J. Gable tonight. It was a solid effort. 17 carries, 61 rushing yards, one touchdown. Uh, that was a nine-yard touchdown um, run. He also had four receptions for 37 yards. 29 of those 37 yards came on a screen pass. So he had a pretty good game. And he was pretty good in the backfield as well, blocking as well. Montreal had three sacks in the first half, zero in half number two. Yeah, that, that's that's... That's pretty good stats. Uh, with regards to Filer, I, I don't know. I hope he's okay. Yeah, that one hurts. Um, that's a terrible injury, especially at the end of the game. But um, my, my player of the game, I think I'd go in a different direction. I, I'd have to give it to Adrian Tracy. I, I thought he was a beast out there tonight. Well, he's our vote leader right now. Yeah, he was unbelievable. 11 tackles, two sacks, a forced fumble. Yeah, he was a monster. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a hell of a player, so... Yeah, but uh, next week against Edmonton, uh, I think it's going to be a test for uh, the Cats. Um, I definitely think so. Whoever's at quarterback, whether it's Masoli or Zach Caleros, I think that's going to be a stiff test. Yeah, I, I just hope that we're not um, – I know they wouldn't do it, but we're not rushing Zach back, mm-hmm. Caleros, because, um, you know, that's, he, he had a horrific injury, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'd hope they take their time with Caleros. Well, I think they have. I mean, they they um, they could have rushed him back, but you know, Kent Austin had, had said all along through this whole process is, 
you know, they know what kind of player and what kind of competitor Zach Caleros is. So when he does get back on the field, they have full confidence that he's going to be what he was last year and, and, and in years past as well. And and the issue is that if they did bring the, him back early, regardless of what Hamilton's record was, they risked further injury. And, and so what's the benefit there to have him back one or two or three or who knows however many games and then lose him for another year because of another a severe injury if his knee wasn't ready. So I um, I wholeheartedly supported the move that they did to say, you know, we're not going to bring him back until he's 100% because, let's face it, they just signed him to a three-year multi-million dollar, really, it's a $1.5 million contract extension. So, uh, you know, this this is your franchise. you got to be careful with him. Yeah, exactly. This is he's the only, he's the only guy we have. So uh... <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say that, but he's, he's a very important cog in the machine, as he would say. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Rick. Thank you, Darcy. 905 645 3221. Star 9900 on your smartphone. A lot of callers and uh, emailers and tweeters talking about penalties tonight. And um, the Ticats were okay in the penalty department tonight. I, I know they took a couple of boneheaded ones, uh, you know, the offside on what would have been Travis Lee's first career CFL interception that, that negated that pick. Um, there was an offside on a field goal attempt that Boris Beattie missed. Uh, but then he got to retry it and then made it. Now, it didn't really impact the scoreboard that much. Uh, you know, 31-7, to 7, the final score. But, uh, you know, 10 penalties for 77 yards. I would say that's pretty darn good for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who have been more than undisciplined in games gone by. Montreal, though, man, oh, man, this is a very undisciplined football team. 14 infractions for 129 yards. They basically gave a football field and a little bit more to the Ticats tonight to say, hey, here you go. Here's all these yards for you. Time of possession, kind of surprised by this one. Montreal 33-19 to Hamilton's 26-41. We'll go through some uh, individual stats in a minute, but back to the uh, emails and tweets. And uh, again, you can call at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. Uh, email coming in from Alan. Hey, Rick, it's Alan from Whitby. Well, it was a slow game in the first half, but defenses were playing strong. Our defense really pulled their weight tonight. I really like the aggressiveness of that newcomer, Travis Lee. Eight quarterback sacks. I think he means to see Adrian Tracy with the eight quarterback sacks. Um, oh, I get it. Okay, new corner Travis Lee, and then eight quarterback sacks. I didn't see the period there. There was a period. Uh, as for our offense, Masoli was slow at first, but after the Banks kick return touchdown, we started putting it together. I'm concerned about our offensive line. They were getting beat a lot, and the injury of Mike Filer is not good, but Matthew Gerard fits that spot well. Brett Maher, Ugh, Medlock who? What a game for Brett Maher. Player of the game, Brett Maher. That 56-yard field goal did it for me. Two wins, two losses. I will take it. Yeah, Brett Maher had a strong game once again tonight. He's up to three votes, still tracing, uh, trailing Adrian Tracy, who leads with eight. Maher, five for five tonight. His first boot was that career-long 56-yard field goal on the last play of the first half. It gave the Ticats a 5-4 lead, and they never relinquished that advantage. Kicked four field goals in the fourth quarter. That was all the scoring in the fourth. Field goals of 10 yards, 40 41 and 43. All helping the Ticats beat the Alouettes 31 to 7 tonight. 
Email from Joe. Hey, Rick, I got to say, love the fifth quarter. You do a fantastic job, almost as good as our defense tonight. Thanks, Joe. Uh, I'm not going to lie, watching the first half was hard, but that late field goal before halftime just gave you this feeling like something is going to happen. Boy, did it ever. Uh, I love that we got to see Gable run more. I think if we want to win, our running game will be a big part. It was also great to see Banks and Owens taking kickoffs. What a scary return team we have. Let's keep it going. Also, Tracy is making the Norwood release feel a whole lot better now. My player of the game is uh, tough. There's a ton of players, but overall I say our defense deserves the win tonight, and uh, they for sure are the player of the game. Oski Wee Wee, that email from Joe. Thanks a lot, Joe, and uh, thanks for the kudos as well. Another email from uh, Alan from Whitby. I think uh, he wanted to add a few thoughts as well. Our defense is outstanding. One thing I did notice today that upset me was the hit on Banks by Boulay. Basically clotheslined him with one arm, and there was no penalty call. I I agree with that as well. I thought there was at least going to be a face mask or or, or something hit to the head, and and there was nothing. Uh, Happened in the first half. Taekwon Underwood redeemed himself from the drop touchdown pass last week. Penalties hurt a bit. One penalty at a Travis Lee interception that was called back because of a penalty by Quentin Pointer. Another penalty, Montreal was third down and kicked a field goal and missed it. Hamilton had a penalty which allowed Montreal to re-kick and get the three points in better field goal range. Masoli throws over people's heads and sometimes too low. It's really a roller coaster ride with him. The offensive line has been somewhat sloppy and now with Filer out, I don't want Hamilton to rush Caleros on the field when our offensive line still needs fine-tuned. Two and two record is not enough for us to panic yet. Tread carefully with Caleros. I'm not happy with our offensive tackles lately. That uh, secondary email from Allen. Um, and uh, Anthony just uh, chimed in as well on email. Any word on Filer? We don't have word on the uh, extent of Filer's injury. Did not look good, though. I mean, whenever you have fellow offensive linemen carrying a big boy off the field who is grimacing and appears to be in a whole lot of pain, that's not a good sign. It was uh, late in the game, if you didn't see it, a lower right leg or right ankle injury and my gut tells me that's that's a high ankle sprain, which, man, with his size, you know, he's a big lad. That's going to take a lot of time. I mean, it would take just a normal person a few weeks. We're, we're talking a few weeks. Now, hopefully it's just a sprain. I think that would probably be best case scenario. And in that case, you're might looking at two weeks, maybe four tops. Because, again, we're, we're talking about a big boy here. Mike Filer is not your normal sized individual, 6'2", 300. So let's wish uh, Mike Filer a speedy recovery from uh, whatever the extent of his injury is. 30 minutes to play here on the fifth quarter. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. Give us your thoughts on tonight's 31-7 Ticats victory over the Montreal Alouettes. Who's your player of the game? We're going to name our fifth quarter fan of the night in less than 30 minutes as well. Ticats victory boosts their record to 2-2. Two and two, Montreal falling to 1-2. and two. When we come back, more calls, emails, tweets. This is the fifth quarter. Brought to you by Wisson's Law on AM 900 CHML. 
Rick Samprin back here from the studios at Maine and Longwood. It's the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML, brought to you by Wizens Law. We're taking your calls, your emails, your tweets to get in on the action, 905-645-3221. Start 9900 on your smartphone. You can email rick at 900chml.com. Tweet us at Rick Samprin at AM 900 CHML. Use the hashtag fifth quarter. How about this question? Would you start Zach Caleros next week in Edmonton? I mean, we all watched the game tonight. We all know that the Ticats were not a ball of flame in the first half, especially. Offensively, they they struggled mightily in that first half tonight. And it wasn't like they were absolutely going crazy in the second half either. So would you start Zach Caleros next week in Edmonton? I mean, he, he told us in, in a media scrum on Monday that 20 days ago, so we're talking 25 days ago now, he was a full go. In his words, he was a full go. So really, he could have started last week against the Blue Bombers, but he said, hey, the higher-ups make those decisions. So we know who the higher-ups are. Obviously, Ken Austin, being the head coach of the VP of Football Operations, Eric Tillman, the general manager of this football team, I would assume President Scott Mitchell probably in on those discussions as well, and who knows, maybe even team owner Bob Young as well. Say, hey, hold a fort. We're paying this guy X amount of dollars. Maybe we shouldn't rush him. Maybe one more week wouldn't be too bad. Well, now the question is, one more week? We do know the Ticats are in Edmonton next week to take on the defending champion Eskimos. We do know it is a fact that the Eskimos' defense is pretty darn good. And following that game in Edmonton, the Ticats are on their bye week and then go to Winnipeg and then visit B.C. before finally returning home on August 20th to host the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So if you are sitting at the Ticats boardroom table amongst the higher-ups, quote-unquote, would you vote for starting Zach Caleros next week in Edmonton, knowing the bye week is just a week after that? And also realizing, hey, it's early on in the season. This team is 500, very much in the mix in the early going of the CFL. Ottawa, right now, the league leaders at 3 0 1, but Toronto's also 2 2. Edmonton's 2 1. They're not blowing people away. BC's 2 1. Calgary's 1 1 1. And then you got the lesser likes in Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and the Alouettes. So it's not like the Ticats are 0-4. And fans are thinking to themselves, man, we got to get Zach back in there. You might be still thinking that after seeing how this offense performed, especially in the first half, and last week, and two weeks ago against the BC Lions. And a lot of fans were saying, man, we need Caleros. Would you start Zach Caleros next week against the Edmonton Eskimos? And, of course, you can offer your thoughts on tonight's Ticats win over Montreal 31-7, the final. Cats avoiding a three-game losing streak and winning their second in a row at Percival Molson Stadium. They had gone 18 games in a row, the Ticats had, a franchise-worst 18-game losing streak in Montreal or at least at Percival Molson Stadium. We, we don't count the playoff victory. 18 regular season games. They had gone to Montreal and had lost each and every time. Some of them by a lopsided score. 
We remember those Ticats losses against Anthony Calvillo and Ben Cahoon and the rest of the Owls. I mean, they were swallowing up every opposing team that went in there. I mean, they'd be 9-0 at home every season. But after losing 18 in a row, the Ticats have now won two straight in Montreal. Sports is cyclical. We know that. And right now, the uh, circle of life is not treating the Alouettes well. Tweet from Josh um, on the question of, would you start Zach Kalaros next week in Edmonton? Only if he's completely healthy. Otherwise, give Masoli that game and prep Zach for a return after the bye in Winnipeg. And Aaron on Twitter says, I'd rather scrap the season than rush him back. Well, thankfully, we don't have to do that, but I get what you're saying. His long-term health is way more important than one season. Because, yeah, we've signed him to a three-year extension, and uh, he's he's going to have a great career in the CFL, especially if he, uh, if he plays the way he did last year. Uh, also on Twitter... Uh, Wes chiming in to the question, would you start Zach Kalaros next week at Edmonton? Tweeting to AM900CHML, yes, was at the game tonight, no idea how we won. Well, Wes, I think you know. I mean, it was defense, really. Defense from top to bottom. And Brett Maher, he had a strong game as well. Who is your player of the game? 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email rick at 900chml.com. Use the hashtag fifth quarter if you're tweeting us, at Rick Samprin at am900chml. Paul tweeting at am900chml. Without question, Adrian Tracy. Fifth quarter player of the game. Adrian Tracy's running away with this. He's got ten votes right now. Brandon Banks with six, Maher has three, and then we have one vote each for the Hamilton defense, the D-line, C.J. Gable, and Larry Dean. So there's your player of the game scoring summary up until this point. We have 20 minutes left to play in the fifth quarter. Lots of time to get in with your calls, emails, and tweets. Would you start Zach Kalaros next week against the Eskimos in Edmonton? Brad on Twitter, absolutely no way. Give him until after the bye week, extra time to prepare and sharpen up the claws. Hashtag eat him raw. I think I'm with you guys. I, I, you know, the, the offense tonight was far away from what it can be. We, we all know how this offense played last year under Zach Caleros. We all know how this offense played in Ottawa in the East Final under the direction of Jeremiah Masoli. Much better than they showed tonight. There's no question about that. And the one thing that I just have kind of rolling around in the old cranium, sometimes late at night, is when Zach Caleros does come back, is he going to be as outstanding as he was when he left last season? That question I've been thinking about for a while now, and I don't know the answer. I think my my thought is he'll be close, but he's not going to be that amazing. I mean, he was unbelievable last year. He was hands down the most outstanding player when he got hurt last September against the Eskies. And so... 
whether you want to say rush him back, I don't know if that's the term. I think he's ready to go. I think he wants to play. I think he is healthy enough to go. But to put him in there and risk injury, I'm not what the I'm not sure what the percentage of risk would be. I don't think it's zero because anytime you play this game, there's going to be some risk. But I, I wouldn't say it's anywhere close to fifty percent. Yeah, there's a fifty percent chance you're going to suffer debilitating injury against the Eskimos. You can, you can really say that about any player. Football is a violent game, but I think odds are he's healthy and he should be good to go. But I can understand the concern and the cautious approach. Anthony on Twitter at Rick Samper and I would not start Zach in Edmonton. I'm superstitious and recall his history there. On the one hand, Zach wants to get, and the tweet ends. There's got to be a second part to that. I am waiting with bated breath. A email from, or a tweet from Bakari Grant. How about this? At Rick Samprin. To the question, would you start Zach Caleros next week in Edmonton? He's got a sad face or recover slash prep for two more weeks and your starting center is probably out on the road. Hashtag no-brainer. Hashtag redo for T. Reed. <laughs> Thanks, Bakari. That's the wild card, too. Mike Filer. Is he in? Is he out? What kind of injury does he have? Is it a high ankle sprain? Is it just a sprain? Is there a break in there? Oh, geez, let's hope not. Let's hope not in terms of a broken bone. That would be months. Now we're talking months. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. You can email rick at 900chml.com. Stephen from Penticton chiming in again on the question of whether to start Zach next week or not. In capital letters, no way. The rumor mills around the CFL say August 3rd will be the starting game for Zach right after the bye week. And that would be a game against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Winnipeg. And that might not be a good, or that, that would probably be a good place to, to start him off. I mean, Winnipeg's defense, nowhere near ferocious as the Edmonton Eskimos. You know, pretty good, but not at the level of the defending champs. Uh, also, Frank called back and just wants to say uh, that he would uh, absolutely not start Caleros next week. So I think we're all on the same page. Alex also on email. Sorry, Rick, I take back what I said. Don't let Zach play next week. Maybe after the bye week. Oh, this was Alex who called earlier. Okay. So, yeah, again, I think we're all on the same page here. I think we're all on the same page. Don't start Zach next week. This team's 2-2. Two and two. At the very worst, they're 2-3 and three if they lose at Edmonton. So what? Really? I know the Ticats, they want to win every game. I know every team wants to win every game. But let's remember there's 18 games in the regular season. We're through four, and this Ticats unit is at 500 without their star quarterback under center. I think that's a check mark. I think if you asked every Ticats fan whether they would take 2-2 two and two without Zach Caleros, I think they would all say, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Even 2-3, and three, I think most fans would say, let's do it. 
Most would opt for three and two, or even four and one. But you get where I'm going. Uh, OV, a full team effort on email. Full team effort. Still some penalties that we should not be getting and need to work on. But altogether, hopefully, we are going in the right track. My player of the game is the whole Ticats teams, or is the whole and the Ticats fans that showed up. Hashtag OskiWeeWee. So OV uh, voting for Ticats fans who showed up in Montreal. And yes, thumbs up to that. That's a long trip. It's a good trip, especially on the train. I like the train ride. And when you get there, you see all the other Ticats fans, the camaraderie, the whole pre- and post-game rituals, superstitions, great food, great fun, and uh, lo and behold, two straight wins in Montreal. Wow. Still time to uh, call in or email or tweet your vote for player of the game. Adrian Tracy with a healthy lead over Brandon Banks and company. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email your vote. Rick at 900CHML.com, at AM900CHML, and at Rick Samprin on Twitter. Use the hashtag fifth quarter. We'll also name our fifth quarter fan of the night when we come back. This is the fifth quarter on AM900CHML. One last go round here on the fifth quarter. Rick Samprin with producer Will Erskine. Thanks for tuning in tonight. In a couple of minutes, we will name our fifth quarter fan of the night and our fifth quarter player of the game voted by you, the fans, via your phone calls, tweets, and emails. One stat that really sticks out to me tonight as a big negative for the Hamilton Tiger Cats was the second down conversion percentage. It was not pretty tonight. The Ticats were 7 of 24 on second down, 29%. They came into the football game third in the league at 51.5%. Ottawa's number one at 61%. Winnipeg, surprisingly, second at 54.1%. Tonight, the Ticats 29% on second down conversions. Or, pardon me, 39%. 39% 39% on second down conversions. They were 9 for 23. So I was looking at Montreal at 7 for 24. 39%. So about 12 percentage points off their season average right now. That's got to improve. You want to be in that 45 to 50 percentile in second downs. Uh, Mike on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, in terms of whether uh, we should start Zach Caleros against the Eskies next week. Give him one more week off. No need to rush. The division is still pretty tight. Scott, next week's game is going to be interesting. Edmonton's D gives up many points, but the O gets points. Good challenge for Hamilton. Brad, let Zach shake off the rust in Winnipeg. Corey, Zach and Ticats beat Edmonton soundly last year out here in Edmonton. I was there, and uh, the uh, continuation to Anthony's tweet, he had it cut off, but he uh, he offered a supplementary. I would not start Zach at Edmonton. I'm superstitious and recall his history there. On the one hand, Zach wants to get the monkey off his back, but it's early, and we are in good shape. Uh, Will, who's on the phone again? Phil. 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 Phil is called the fifth quarter. Hey, Phil, how are you? Good. How are you, Rick? I'm good. Um. You know, after watching that game, it's so satisfying. I mean, watching them lose so many times in Montreal over the years. And, uh, yeah, it was a really, really good win. Um, uh, you know, some concerns, of course, they're still taking those penalties. Yes. Um, 
how you get a face mask call on a, on a punt that goes out of bounds or a kick or whatever that was is beyond me. But, um, they, you know, they got a, they still have some cleaning up to do. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, after, like I said, frustrating over the years watching them lose in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one tonight. 18 straight losses at Percival Molson Stadium uh, before, the, well, the last couple of years. They won two in a row now in Montreal. Yeah. Pretty yeah, darn good. something like what that was two in the last eighteen games or something like that. Yeah, it has. It's it's been Death Valley for the Ticats, that's for sure, and a bunch of yeah. other teams really. Uh, who's yeah. your player of the game tonight, Phil? You know what? I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to go with the entire special teams. I think. Uh, hmm. Okay. I'm obviously with Banks, but also um, their coverage of uh, they, they they held Logan there in check for the most part. I, yep. I watched that guy play many times when he was with BC, and yeah, I mean he's a dangerous guy. So yes, they, they kept him in check there. I felt. I'd say the special teams are four in the games. Excellent. Thanks for the call, Phil. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you. Uh, Michael on uh, Twitter, at Rick Samprin, whether the Ticats should start Zach Aloros next week against Edmonton, no, no, no. Don't rush Zach back in against Winnipeg. Wait another week, please. Well, I don't make the call, but I'm sure that's what the Ticats are debating right now, whether they should go that route. Email from Matt. Hey, Rick, no way you rush Zach back after the break. You might have to platoon him for a few weeks. Might be why Austin has stuck with Masoli for so long and probably why Austin has such tight reins on Masoli running. Player of the game has to be the D-line. How do you pick between Chick, Nevis, Laurent, or Tracy? Great game by all four. Great game by Gable, too. Need him to get Masoli through the next few weeks. An email from Matt. All right, our fifth quarter fan of the night tonight is Alex. Alex is on the line. Alex, good evening. Hey, Rick. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Huh. I'm really happy. You know, last week I was sad, and the week before that I was yep. really upset with that loss to BC. But just a couple things to mention. Uh, I agree with Frank, the first caller. You know, losing Ellingston was such a big loss. And, you know, it would be nice to have him back because he's such a tall receiver, and you see what he's doing in Ottawa. You know, it would be nice to have him back. Yeah, good player. Um, the other thing, um, great job by the defense today. They really showed that they can work together, and they were blitzing Cato. They were stopping him. You know, I didn't really see much running from Montreal where they were getting 10 yards plus, right? which was really good. And uh, Speedy B, what a beautiful run. You know, I've been <laughs> saying to everyone for the last couple of weeks that he needs to stop running to the sides. But today he ran up the middle untouched and which was beautiful yeah that that was a thing of beauty um, once he turned on the jets it was done oh yeah i even lost track of the sacks too because you know john chick adrian tracy everyone was unstoppable and that last sack at the end by pointer was phenomenal well i'm counting i just went through the list i counted eight sacks tracy and chick each had two laurent had one simone had one uh, nevis had one and pointer as you mentioned had one at the end that's amazing. That's pretty um, darn good. Hopefully they can keep this winning streak going. So they started here today, and they can continue it and maybe win a great cup. Well, hey, that's the goal, eh? Yeah, it is the goal. Next week it'll be a little tougher, though. They go into Edmonton. That's a tough place to play, and they're pretty good. Well, they're the defending yeah, champs, know, too. but let's see what's going to happen. That's right. You think uh, Zach's going to play in that game? Uh, my player of the game has to be Adrian Tracy. Okay. Uh, I was right. uh, I was asking you, do you think Zach Caleros is going to play in next week's game against Edmonton? Oh, yeah, I think he will. And, you know, I remember hearing something that the 
um, staff gave him the green card to play. It's just that he wasn't safe to play because he doesn't want to get hurt even more. Hmm. Okay. Well, I heard a different story. He said he was a full go, uh, and this was a couple days ago, full go 20 days ago, so probably about 25 days ago. So it sounded to me like the team wanted to hold him back maybe one more week. Huh. Well, so we'll see. see. Yeah. Hopefully we can get him back because it'd be good to see him get some more reps and use all the receivers, not just one like Tasker or Owens, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, well, we'll see him sooner rather than later, that's for sure. Alex, thanks for the call tonight. No problem, Rick. Congrats to Alex. He's our fifth quarter fan of the night tonight. In a minute, we will name our player of the game tonight. Lots of votes counted. Thanks for all your uh, vote offerings. Um, should the Ticats start Zach Caleros next week against Edmonton? Ted on Twitter at AM900CHML simply says, yes, please. <laughs> he wants to see Zach Caleros back on the field. And another email from Anthony Rick. Also want to give kudos to Caleros. On the sidelines with Masoli struggling early, Zach really settled Masoli down, at least from what I saw on the TV side of things. Um, I didn't see too much of that. It's, my head's kind of bouncing up and down uh, between screens and TV screens and computer screens and the whole like. But um, that, that's an important part. You know, when I asked uh, Ken Austin earlier on in practice this week, uh, you know, what the plan for Zach was that week, and he said that uh, he's going to make the trip, uh, but obviously not going to dress, won't play in the game. And I said, you know, that, that, that's important for, you know, moral support. And he said, yeah, that, that is important. You know, when guys are down, they need a, a different perspective or maybe a tidbit of info that, uh, you know, a veteran quarterback is seeing. They could pass that along one to the other. And it's it's all in an effort to make the team better and, and in an effort to win that ball game. The Ticats did that tonight, beating the Montreal Alouettes 31 to 7 after 18 straight losses at Percival Molson Stadium. The uh, Ticats have now won their last two. Our player of the game, we've tabulated the votes, and it is Adrian Tracy. He had 10 votes for player of the game. He had 11 tackles tonight, a couple of sacks, a forced fumble as well. He had a monster game this evening. Brandon Banks will uh, hit the podium as well in second place with six votes, and Brett Maher with three. Honorable mentions to the D-line, Hamilton's defense, C.J. Gable, Larry Dean, and the special teams. Hamilton's next game in Edmonton, Saturday, July 23rd at 7 p.m. Don't forget to check out the Fifth Quarter Podcast. If you missed any part of the program, go to iTunes, go to Google Play, go to the Fifth Quarter page at 900CHML.com. For producer Will Erskine, my name is Rick Samprin. We're back in, uh, well, a week's time from tomorrow as the Cats get set to take on the defending champs in Edmonton. This has been the Fifth Quarter, brought to you by Wizens Law on AM 900 CHML. <laughs> The fifth quarter after every Ticats game on AM 900 CHML.